Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Wags is here. I'm here. I'm Dane. And very excited to talk about the 11-3 and Green Bay Packers taking on the Tennessee Titans this week. It's going to be a heck of a matchup. Sunday night football, national TV, another national game, Wags. And uh, uh, a lot on the line. The Packers could potentially clinch the number one Feed in the NFC on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, exciting stuff, and we'll know a lot by the time kickoff uh, happens because there could be some potential ramifications that take place prior to the Packers kicking off on Sunday night uh, that could uh, tell us what exactly they have to play for with a win. Uh, but before we can get too far ahead of ourselves, we're going to be bringing in and taking on a very talented 10 and 4 Tennessee Titans team. Wags, I mean, this team could go to the Super Bowl, I think, this Titans team. They're that good. Uh, I know they don't have the best record in the AFC. Uh, their defense can be spotty at times, but their offense has tremendous balance uh, across the board. And, I mean, they've got an incredibly young, uh, talented playmaker at wide receiver position. Um, their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, I'm not going to lie, Wags, when they signed him in the offseason, I kind of thought he might have been a one-year wonder, got hot at the right time. Um, he has proved me wrong. He is a very talented quarterback. Miami got rid of him, and uh, they're still looking for their quarterback, and he, he lands in Tennessee playing some good football. And then, I mean, the, the guy I don't even want to name, Derrick Henry, uh, the, the, the man, the myth, he's a machine out there. They've got a lot of talent. They're evenly balanced, and uh, they're going to provide a real challenge to this Packers defense on Sunday night. Absolutely, and don't kid yourself, this Titans team does have a lot to play for. While they may not uh, have an opportunity to fight for a one seed in the AFC, as you said, um, the, the Chiefs are, are going to be ahead of them, and they're out of that picture. Um, so that's not going to happen for them. But uh, the AFC South divisional title is still very much on the line uh, between them and the Indianapolis Colts, and we know uh, what a challenge the Colts gave us a few weeks back. Uh, so this Titans team uh, is, is extremely dangerous, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it's interesting, your, your comment about Ryan Tannehill, I had the exact same thought, Dean. Uh, man, are they really paying him all that money? That seems like <laughs> a little bit, but they have been proven right. I mean, Tannehill, I can't believe, Dane, can you believe he's 32 years old? Uh, I, I yeah. No, I can't believe that. He's season in the league, and apparently, I didn't know he was that old when he uh, got drafted by the Dolphins. But this mm -hmm. was a guy that uh, was uh, came into the league extremely uh, talented, athletic, strong arm, uh, kind of uh, raw uh, was what the book on him was. Not the most accurate guy um, as a thrower. Uh, as a runner, he, he was uh, kind of a little bit more dangerous early in his career. Um, yeah, the Dolphins gave him every opportunity. He was there for six seasons. I didn't know he was there that long. No. Uh, so it's amazing. This is a guy that 
he's not going to be in the MVP discussion. But when you look at his numbers, he's having having a tremendous season. So uh, Derrick Henry, rightly so, is going to get a lot of the attention uh, from us Packer fans coming into this matchup, particularly with the struggles we've had the last few seasons uh, against top-flight running backs. But um, Ryan Tannehill, 31 touchdowns and only five interceptions this season, uh, 110 passer rating, uh, almost 3,500 yards passing. So not quite Aaron Rodgers' numbers, but um, for a guy that uh, is not known as a passer early in his career, he isn't too far behind, and, and he's really in the top five as a uh, passer in most quarterback statistics this season. Uh, so he's having a tremendous year in his own right. Like, that's really good insight. I had no idea he was 32. Um, but, I mean, that underscores how dangerous this team is. I have a lot of respect for the Tennessee Titans team. I mean, I, I, I might go as, out on a limb and say this might be the best team the Packers have played this season. Uh, I think that they're so complete on offense. Uh, they don't do it the same way that the Packers do it. Uh, but they still get it done, right? And and that's scary because you're going to have to work to get them off the field, and uh, and that's just kind of what we're dealing with this week. Um, I, I think some of the good news here from the Packers and Wags. I, I I'm curious uh, your take here, but the injury report for the Packers, uh, you know, is very encouraging. Uh, I. A uh, little nervous about Jamal Williams. Sounds like he was unable to practice on Wednesday. Um, uh, but we got some really encouraging news, too. Uh, center Corey Lindsley is practicing, and um, he's currently still on the IR. But, man, it looks like he's trending uh, in the right direction. We're going to have Corey Lindsley back uh, for the playoffs at the very least. But um, who knows, right? Uh, all things considered, he could be back a lot sooner than I expected him to. So that's, I think, uh, some reason for optimism this week. Absolutely, and that, that this was an offensive line group that, uh, for whatever reason, in the pass uh, protection, looked a little bit out of sorts for the first mm-hmm. time since Corey Lindsley has been out last week. And so I, I wonder if the Titans, or I'm sorry, uh, well, the Titans could pick up some some tape from what the Panthers were doing, but you have to wonder if they, the Panthers, um, picked up a couple of tendencies uh, based on a couple of weeks of tape with with that. Um, alignment that they have up front uh, and we're able to exploit some things. So certainly I expect uh, there to be some adjustments made with, with those guys up front, regardless of whether Corey Lindsley is able to go. But uh, certainly uh, the way that he's been playing this season, as much as I sing Alton Jenkins praises and congratulations to the big man on the Pro Bowl selection, by the way, uh, he, you know, you're always going to want to get full strength as long as Corey Lindsley's still part of this Packers roster uh, for this season, uh, we'll be very anxious to get him back out on the field. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, and, Dane, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, on the flip side, uh, the injury front on the other side for the Titans, they've yeah. gotten a little bit dinged up, particularly on that defensive side. Uh, and that's a unit that, that frankly, can't really afford uh, to suffer too many injuries. Uh, one one good thing for them is their their secondary had been particularly dinged up, uh, but mm-hmm. last week uh, they were able to get Adderie Jackson back. Uh, he made his season debut against the Lions. Um, he's a very talented, uh, I think, fifth year cornerback, former first round pick out of USC. Um, so he's listed as questionable this week, but um, if he's able to make it through healthy last week, um, build off some rust, uh, they're going to be closer to full strength. 
with those cornerbacks. So that's something to keep an eye out for as well. Um, obviously, uh, you may have uh, seen folks out there that Jadavian Clowney um, did go on the season-ending IR a few weeks ago, um, and they've had a few other injuries, not necessarily the primary guys, but um, this was not a unit that's performed all that well this season, and so mm-hmm. uh, their depth could be, uh, you know, in a little bit of a, uh, a position here. So uh, they're kind of limping towards the end of the season. Some good news, bad news for that defensive side for the Titans. But um, all things considered, uh, they don't seem to be uh, the most healthy. But, um, you know, their offense, I think, is, is really where it's at. So, Dane, um, you know, why don't we start with the Tennessee Titans offense against the yeah. Packers? We talked a little bit about Ryan Tannehill already. Um, and just as a unit, uh, they're the top scoring offense in the league, uh, just a hair over 31 points per game. So they're actually just ahead of the Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of points per game. Um, extremely, extremely dangerous offense. Uh, they can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Uh, so, Dane, what are going to be some of the key matchups that you're going to be looking for this week for the Packers defense against this Titans offense? Great question, Wags. Dennis Kelly, their right tackle, uh, did not practice this week. I'm keeping an eye on the offensive line. Uh, Derrick Henry is um, probably the best running back in the league, uh, but if he doesn't have anywhere to run, uh, I'm not sure if it matters so much. Uh, but I think that really it, it, you got to cue in and, and, and really um, pay attention to Henry. Everything starts and ends probably with Derrick Henry this week. This is a Green Bay Packers defense that uh, at times has looked okay. At other times has not looked all that good. Uh, one of the big problems that we've had, though, has been missed tackles. And can't miss tackles against Derrick Henry because he will make you pay. He'll rip off 75-yard runs all day long. Um, I think that this gives uh, a lot of Packers fans a lot of heartburn because the strength of the Tennessee Titans offense is the weakness of the Green Bay Packers defense. Uh, so I don't like that matchup all that much. Um, however, Wags, what I'm going to be watching for this week out of this Packers defense is who's playing middle linebacker. We saw last week uh, a changing of the guard uh, a little bit there. Christian Kirksey was not getting as many snaps on the inside. We started to see um, Chris Barnes, the undrafted free agent from uh, UCLA, who's played marvelously this season, he was getting more and more snaps. Now, in the second half, uh, Chris had an eye injury. Kirksey took back over. But um, I expect to see a heavy dose of Chris Barnes this week. Um, He's the one who forced that fumble at the goal line on Teddy Bridgewater that Kevin King was able to scoop up. And I think that the Packers, as the season goes, we talked last week that if they were going to make a change, Last week was actually a pretty good time to do it, give him a little bit of opportunity in the regular season, uh, and, you know, before the playoffs begin. And, uh, you know, I thought that Barnes really proved that he should be getting more snaps. Kirksey has not been the guy uh, that, that we were hoping he would be from his first few seasons in Cleveland. Uh, I, I still think that there's a, a significant role for him on this defense. He was playing some of the will linebacker spot for the Packers last week, and I expect him to still get uh, plenty of snaps. But I really like the idea of having Chris Barnes, having the, the dot on his helmet. He's uh, doing the, the signals in, and he's becoming a centerpiece of this defense. And he's going to need a huge weak wags along with Kamal Martin and Christian and Kirksey to take down Derrick Henry because he is a load to take down. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, 
they all know what they're getting themselves into. Maybe they, <laughs> uh, maybe that that first time that he lowers the shoulder pads, um, it's 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 going to be a physical uh, battle, no doubt about that. Um, and that'll be an awakening. But I think all of these guys know what they're in for. Uh, so if nothing else, that can be kind of a uh, a cohesive rally to the ball, uh, pun intended, yeah. because this isn't going to be one guy having to get in there and make a tackle every time. It's going to be incumbent on these guys to latch on and swarm to the football because it's going to take probably a team effort uh, to slow Derrick Henry down uh, play to play, let alone for this entire game. So uh, that's that's going to be the biggest key for me is can we uh, shed some blocks um, and really rally to the football when that first guy uh, can get get their hands on Derrick Henry and hang on uh, and not get dragged too far uh, <laughs> in some circumstances. Because, uh, you know, if you think about some of these guys, uh, I, I, Kevin King in the open field, um, um, or any corner for that matter, I don't expect them to necessarily be able to bring Derrick Henry down um, all by themselves. <laughs> in one situation. Uh, but it's um, containment, take the right angles, shed blocks and rally to the football. Um, you know, uh, this is just fundamentals. Um, and, if, and sometimes that can be helpful. Um, you can get out of the fundamentals, but uh, when you face a talent like this, um, you can really stress those fundamentals. And sometimes that leads to a better than expected result. So um, we will have to see. I don't think Derrick Henry's a guy, as you said, that uh, the matchup on paper, I expect the Packers, to go out and hold to 40 yards rushing this week. (laughs) However, if they're able to, you know, at least force Tennessee into some third down situations where, you know, uh, Tannehill's having a great season too, uh, but that's a percentage thing. So if they're in third and three, third and four, even if it's not super long down in distance, um, you're giving yourself a decent chance uh, to potentially uh, force an incompletion or, or force uh, Tennessee um, into a, a short run or, or something that can enable them to get off the field a few times. Uh, this Tennessee offense is too good uh, for this Packers defense uh, to expect them to hold them to, you know, 15, 20 points. Um, I don't, I really just, I will get to our predictions later, but um, that would be quite a shock for me if the defense is able to play to that level this week. This is the number one scoring offense in the league. Uh, for a reason. So um, this the focus this week should be, you know, maybe if we're able to force turnovers, we're always looking for that. Um, but if we can even just get them into a couple of situations where we force a field goal or we get a, a punch um, here and there, uh, that's going to be, I think, the biggest key is just slow them down just enough um, that this Packer offense gets the opportunities to get out there and put some points on the board. Wags, great insight. Uh, question for you. We talk about Derrick Henry. He's frightening. How scared should we be of A.J. Brown as well, their, their talented young wide receiver who just seems to be coming into his own this season? I'll tell you what. Um, he's a dang good player, and he's physical. He's strong. He's fast. Um, and, and, you know, that's going to be a, a tough assignment for our guys, but I think we're up to the challenge. Um, you know, a concern I do have, Dan, um, AJ Brown could be a difficult physical matchup in some mm-hmm. ways for a guy like Jair, like Jair Alexander. 
But the way that Jair is playing this season, I think that, you know, he's hard to uh, break open against right now. Um, so I like that matchup uh, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter how physical you are as a wide receiver. Um, you're going to get called if you get frustrated and start putting your hands on the offense or the defensive player. Um, you can get called for the offensive pass interference push off. We haven't seen many of those flags this season, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, if they try to force that, that could be, uh, you know, a situation. Certainly you don't want to see AJ Brown also get ahead of steam and, and get in the open field because he's, fast and he's difficult to bring down um, if he breaks the tackle as well. Um, you know, uh, another guy I'm kind of looking at in the pass game, there's two actually, Johnny Smith, their tight end, mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, is a talent as well. Um, and he definitely has some size and speed um, and, and has the ability to hurt you in the open field, uh, particularly across the middle. Uh, but Corey Davis, I think, will be an interesting matchup if we see a lot of Kevin King lined up on Corey Davis. He's actually the one leading the the Titans in receiving so far this season. Um, He's closing in on a thousand yards receiving. Um, And Kevin King, you know, he had the, he was in the right place, right time, had the the fumble uh, recovery last week, was able to return it. Um, But you've, you've mentioned several times on Instagram live and and in our, a couple of our preview podcasts, he's really been struggling uh, quite a bit since he came back from injury and last week, um, he, he, I thought, really, really struggled quite a bit. Um, so I'm nervous a little bit about what Kevin King um, is able to provide to us. It seems like teams are starting to go at him a little bit more and trying to exploit uh, that side of the field wherever he's lined up. And so I, I think, you know, the only way you can correct that is for him to start playing better football. Um, uh, I I thought several guys in our secondary last week, we highlighted Adrian Amos. Um, You know, we know about Jair. um, And I really thought Savage, I thought those three guys may have had their best collective game of the season last week. They were just very active. They were getting their hands on the football with some pass defenses. Um, We're we're getting up and making tackles um, at the line of scrimmage. Um, So right now, the weak link, unfortunately, is Kevin King, and teams are going to keep going at him until he's able to um, turn the table and give more good than than down. Uh, so I don't know what your thoughts are on what what we we can do to right the ship, so to say, with Kevin, or if perhaps at some point similar to Kirksey, um, it's time to give another guy a shot and um, and see if someone else can perform at a higher level out on the field. Yeah, and I mean, that's where it gets really interesting because, uh, I mean, Kevin's got to be better. Uh, There's no doubt about it. You and I do not like getting down on our players, but it just will be blunt on this one. Um, Something that's been eye-opening the last few weeks has been Josh Jackson being a healthy scratch, especially since he was a pretty important player while Kevin King was out with injuries. He had, you know, some pretty good highlight games, had had a couple lowlights that you might expect from a guy who hadn't played a lot of base defense in the previous season. Um, but for him not to be playing at all, this week uh, they've been asked about that, uh, Josh Jackson not being active, and it sounds like it comes down to special teams. The, the coaching staff does not like what they've seen from Josh on special teams. It wasn't a base defense decision, but um, 
if he's not getting those snaps on defense, you've got to show up on, on the special teams film. And it's pretty clear at this point that the coaching staff feels more comfortable with Kadar Holman uh, from a special teams perspective and coming in uh, limited snaps on the base defense legs. He's played pretty darn good. Um, curious to see if Josh does get another look here this week, especially with Kevin King's recent struggles. I wouldn't be surprised if they do put Josh up this week uh, as a result of what's going on there. But uh, it, it's it's something worth no- noting, I think, because Jair has been so good that it's pretty glaring uh, with Kevin some of the struggles that he's had. Um, you know, he, he was beat for some deep balls on some plays, um, missed a couple tackles, which you can't have, had some penalties, just all around a, a difficult performance for him last week. Um, so, you know, we just need to be better, and we, we've got some other injuries. It sounds like uh, Will Redman right now is going through the concussion protocol. Now, he doesn't play the cornerback position, but it sounds like we may be down another defensive back and, and a DB that plays that dime linebacker role uh, in the absence of Raven Green, who's also out with injuries. So um, I think that the Packers' defense wags needs to sort some things out this week, and we're going to need to get the best 11 guys on the field because this is a very, very talented uh, Titans offense, and Wags, I will also say, really well-coached team, I think, as well. Coach Vrabel has been incredibly impressive. He's had an incredible resume, uh, both as a player from the New England Patriots and now as a head coach in the NFL, so we're also going to be watching this coaching matchup between two young emerging coaches in Vrabel and Lafleur. and I'm kind of curious who's going to be able to out-coach the other one, because I think Lafleur is actually coming off of one of his poorer coach performances as well. It didn't look like the Packers' offense um, was able to adjust. The Panthers took away the short passing game last week, and the Packers' offense didn't really adjust to that. Um, now, it's, it's, it's kind of – I'm smiling to myself. I'm saying that Lafleur had a poor court coaching performance in a game that we won. Um, so, I mean, talk about the rich getting richer. But I do think that Lafleur is going to learn from that, and, and I expect a better game plan going into this week. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the connection? Obviously, Lafleur was offensive coordinator for the Titans before he yeah. was hired with the Packers. Um, so, and, and Vrabel was the head coach while Lafleur was there. So these guys know each other. I mean, they didn't coach together long, but they know each other. Um, in Lafleur's other matchups with his quote unquote uh, mentors, if you will, um, he hasn't fared as well in those initial matchups. Uh, we're talking about Shanahan and, and, um, with San Francisco, um, mm-hmm. and obviously Matt McVeigh in LA. Um, so do you think that that's more just, you know, um, circumstances or coincidental or could, could coach Rabel have a little bit of an upper hand in this coaching matchup, given the fact that he was uh, the head coach and is the defensive guy? Um, uh, in that relationship, or um, could it go the other way around, or am I just over-reading the situation, and um, it's just going to come down to execution on the field? No, I mean, I don't think you're over-reading it at all. Um, You know, the the proof is in the pudding. This year aside, I mean, the Packers played Shanahan this year, but, I mean, let's be real. We played a San Francisco 49ers team that was basically a practice squad team that week the, with the injuries and, and, the, and the COVID protocol and some of the issues that they were running into. That was not the San Fran team from the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, so I think it's fair to point out that Lafleur has had some struggles against uh, some of his uh, former employers. But 
You know, it's a clean slate this week. Uh, We haven't matched up against Vrabel. And and I got to tell you, Wags, I think this week, maybe more than some of the other weeks, um, it might just come down to who's the better team on Sunday. I think that these this legitimately could be a Super Bowl matchup, uh, which, you know, this this team it probably matches up against the Packers about as good as any team in the league. They they just do things well that the Packers don't do well uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, I think that this game at any moment could, could um, you know, flip on its head uh, based solely on Derrick Henry and, and his running the ball. And, and uh, going back to your, your previous point earlier in the podcast, we need to be swarming on defense. We need to control the line of scrimmage, get Henry going side to side and not getting ahead of steam going downhill. And then we need our guys to step up, be physical and and uh, really try to limit Derrick Henry's big games because if they're getting six seven yards a run, needless to say, we're going to have a long Sunday night. Absolutely. So you kind of highlighted some of the uh, matchups I think in the pass game. Obviously, the run game. We talked about Tannehill. Um, let's talk about the matchups up front. Is yeah. this where the Packers might have the one advantage against this Tennessee uh, Titans offense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I, I think I mentioned Dennis Kelly right now is battling injury. Um, the Titans have a, a, a reasonably okay offensive line, um, but, I, I mean, I think Derrick Henry makes offensive lines look that much better, and I think that Derrick Henry makes Ryan Tannehill's uh, play action that much better, right? I mean, it all starts and ends with Derrick Henry in this offense, and everybody else that's eating is eating because Derrick Henry's eating. Um, we, we saw that the Titans a few weeks ago, um, when they had trouble against an opponent, is when uh, the the opposing offense got up early, on the Titans, and it started to take away the run from Derrick Henry. If I'm not mistaken, Henry put the ball on the ground early. Things kind of went sideways, as we know from that Tampa game that earlier this year. When things go sideways in the NFL, sometimes they go real sideways real quick. Um, and I, I think that that's where we're going to need, and we'll be talking about the Packers' offense in a moment here, um, but I think that where we can limit uh, this Titans offensively is if Kenny Clark can keep going. I mean, Wags, going back, Kenny Clark plays really good in December and January. Uh, that's where he makes his bread and butter, I think, and I expect him to have a really nice game on Sunday. Kingsley Kiki uh, forced a couple holding calls last week uh, on him uh, because his pass rushing is just getting better and better. And, and, you know, you can go down the line with Dean Lowry and, and with a big, uh, a big Lanny and, you know, some of the other talent that we have on this defensive line. But, Wags, we can control the line of scrimmage in this game. And I think we have to to have a chance in this matchup to, to limit, I guess I should say, the Titans' offense. Because uh, as we're about to talk about, the Packers' offense are no slouches either. And I'm sure that there's some Tennessee Titan fans that are doing a podcast down there in Nashville right now talking about, yeah, we've got a good offense, but shoot, Green Bay's got a really good offense too. <laughs> yes, they do. Before we move over to that side, and I think you hit it exactly, um, it's the guys in the middle of the defensive line mm-hmm. because uh, there's going to be a difficult ch- uh, time getting after Tannehill uh, because of this run game. Uh, they've got a lot of shorter down-and-distance situations, so uh, he's able to get rid of the ball quickly, um, and the wide receivers can get to the markers uh, pretty quickly when you have short down-and-distance situations. Uh, so I don't care how good you are uh, at getting after the quarterback around the edge, 
Um, and we've got some good ones and we've been getting home a little bit more in the last month or so. Um, if they're getting rid of the ball uh, really quickly, uh, they're not going to be able to get those pressures or sacks. Um, so they've done a pretty good job of, of uh, protecting Tannehill, but I think mostly because of how good their run game has been at setting them up. What I would like to see this week, uh, just building on that point, uh, is uh, to be a little bit more aggressive on first down. Uh, so some run pass blitzes, uh, and perhaps we can catch them off guard uh, when they're passing on first or second down. And if you can get a stack and force, that's how you can force them into some third and longs. Uh, perhaps they hand the ball off to Derrick Henry on first down. He picks up his six yards. Uh, they go back to pass. And if we're able to uh, have some uh, uh, some opportunity to shoot the gaps uh, and get him down, and now we've got a third and nine or third and ten uh, because we're getting those sacks on first or second down as opposed to uh, trying to hold serve uh, and, and hope you get that third and short situation. So uh, I think that's where we could get some opportunities, but that's going to be up to the defensive coaching staff to dial up some pressure uh, in some of those situations, guess right, so to say, uh, and then the players to make it count and get home uh, when they do have those opportunities. So, Wait, do you um, think that we're going to see the defense take some risks uh, on Sunday? Is it safe to say that uh, to, to make this game go in our favor, we are going to take some of those risks? I, I hope so because, you know, this is not a team that you can just try to hold them and, and allow them to just do their thing between, between the 20s. We've talked about that against some other offenses uh, that we face. Um, you know, you can't just allow them to get in a rhythm and move the ball. They're going to go all the way down the field and score. Right? There's, there's just more often than not, that's going to be what's going to happen. So um, I think they do need to take some calculated risks this week, uh, perhaps a little bit more than they have in weeks in the past. Um, if the Titans take advantage of it in a couple of situations, that might happen. But I think we've got to show that we've got the confidence in our secondary group. Uh, to protect and at least um, keep them from taking all the way to the house uh, in in a situation if they are able to exploit it, um, hold serve and and uh, and just get back in there and and battle for the next play. Um, the the obvious benefit of, of taking some more calculated risks is that's going to be your best opportunity uh, to force them into some downing distance situations where you can get them off the field. An extra time or two. And I think you really just have to play for that this week. So I think that's an excellent question. Um, but again, uh, it's going to be up to the players to execute and take advantage of those opportunities when, when, uh, the coaching staff dials up the, the calls and, and they take those opportunities and, and, and try to, um, take those calculated risks. So Dane, um, why don't we jump over to the other side? Yeah. Uh, this is a, on paper, once again, uh, a, a pretty significant mismatch. Uh, but uh, we said that last week, and it didn't work out so well. Um, so I think it's safe to say, and not to sound overconfident, uh, that was, to me, I don't want to take any credit away from the Panthers, uh, but to me that was more the Packers shooting themselves in the foot uh, yes. than it was anything else. Um, so, I, again, if this Packers offense um, has that rhythm – and they're doing what they do best, and they are consistent, and they're that top uh, unit that we've seen most of this season. Uh, this is not a Tennessee Titans defense uh, 
uh, that when you look at the matchups is built to slow them down. Yeah, I, so quote from uh, Coach Mike Brabel this week said that um, going up against probably the best team they faced all year and a team that doesn't lose in December at Lambeau Field. I mean, so I mean, it, it, I think it's fascinating. I, I I'm getting the sense, Wags, that um, like the, the Packers fans and and the, and the team and the Titans fans and team. There's a healthy amount of respect, I think, going both ways this week. They know how dangerous the other team is. Um, going off of last week, a couple things that I thought really shot ourselves in the foot. There were some significant drops um, from from the Packers' offense, um, you know, of wide receivers in, in particular. I, I, I think of that um, Alan Lazard drop right before half. I thought Devontae had a bit of a tough game, probably the toughest game he's had in a year or two. Um, and, um, you know, and then Aaron Rodgers was under significant amount of pressure last week. Uh, and, and, you know, any quarterback is going to have a hard time, uh, when they're not able to get rid of the ball. And, you know, you, one of those things you can handle sometimes, but when a couple of those things happen, uh, you know, in, in consecutive fashion, that's when things can become a challenge. I thought that the, the, uh, as I mentioned, I thought LaFleur probably didn't have the best play calling. Uh, of his career, I thought you know Rodgers in the second half uh, wasn't really flowing, and you know it just kind of compounded. We were able to get out with a victory, but those were the challenges. This week, we're playing a Tennessee Titans team where um, Wags. The thing that really sticks out to me is they have no pass rush. Uh, this Titans team has next to no pass rush uh, on the season. They have 14 sacks. They are ranked dead last in the NFL. In sacks, if Aaron Rodgers has time in the pocket, he is going to absolutely shred the Tennessee Titans defense. So as nervous as we are about Derrick Henry, and rightfully so, Titans and the Titans fans need to be absolutely petrified of potential MVP Aaron Rodgers sitting back in the pocket, taking his time, and just gutting this Titans defense. Yeah, I agree. Um, On paper, and the Panthers... Uh, were one of the worst teams in the league at getting after the quarterback and look how effective they were against us last week. So um, while I totally agree, uh, you typically at this point of the season, you've got 14 games worth of information to go off of. Uh, and we're at the point where that's meaningful information. This isn't week two. Um, so uh, that said, uh, the offensive line needs to play better. The receivers uh, need to play better. Aaron needs to play better. Um, they all need to be uh, crisp and, and back uh, in in that rhythm. Uh, and, and and frankly, what disappointed me more than anything last week was the fact that they allowed some of those struggles to compound and snowball. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affected them all the way through the end of the second quarter, that entire second half. And, and that's disappointing. When you're as good of an offensive unit as they are, um, Again, taking nothing away from the Panthers, they've got to be able to make better and faster in-game adjustments um, and bounce back as players and show a little bit more resiliency. I, I wasn't a fan of some of the body language I saw from some of the guys. I mean, heck, they're in there. They're they're ahead in that game. Um, you know, they need to rally together, look each other in the eye, and say, "Guys, let's get it together. We just need to go down and score one touchdown, and this game's over." Um, and they weren't able to do that. So, so that's more disappointed to me than anything else, to be honest with you, Dan. So um, they do have the opportunity on paper with these mismatches uh, to get back on, on track. So let's talk about 
how they can make that happen. I think, um, weirdly, uh, they were very good at running the ball last week. So let's just build on that. Um, they've been very effective running the ball for a few weeks. Um, so that was a good. So let's just continue to build on that. I think uh, this is a week where, you know, we can um, limit what Tennessee is going to try to do, similar to what other teams try to do against the Packers, by controlling the clock. Um, and if we're able to uh, have some long possessions, run the ball effectively, and get Aaron in a rhythm, uh, Aaron very much uh, likes to get plenty of uh, pass attempts and have a rhythm. Uh, so some some longer drives uh, where we get down and, and can put some points on the board, I think uh, from a game flow standpoint, uh, would be welcome this week. Certainly, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, we're not going to complain if we have a three-play, 75-yard scoring drive. Um, but um, I, I think that's that's one key is to continue to emphasize um, being effective running the ball. And I think that's where we can hurt this Tennessee team, uh, particularly up front, uh, is to have that offensive line impose their will against this Tennessee defensive front. That's a really good point, Wags. And I just I look at their defense, and none of these guys really scare me on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the front seven. Um, so, I, do you see this as kind of an Aaron Jones week then, where especially if um, if Jamal Williams is is, is unable to go? I mean, it, it just feels like you gotta you gotta stack success to take from Mike McCarthy, but it's true, and and keep this going because I think if the Packers were watching them. Because, you know, we want to win the, the one seed, but we also want to see this team playing better because generally the teams that get hot at the right times go to the Super Bowl. And I, what I really want to see is I want to see a, a complete game against a good football team, and I think this is the opportunity to do that this week. Yeah, um, and we saw finally A.J. Dillon, uh, only one carry, but it was a heck of an exciting carry. Uh, I think you and I were both pretty excited by that last, last week. Uh, so if Jamal Williams is even limited, uh, if, if Dylan's getting some extra reps this week, he could be a bigger part of this uh, offensive game plan. And heck, why not just, um, you know, mirror what Tennessee's trying to do, fight fire with fire, give this big boy a few extra carries, um, some physical football in December. It looks like uh, the forecast for Sunday night is going to be brisk, um, some perhaps some snow showers uh, in the forecast. Uh, so December and Lambo, let's give some 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 give that big guy uh, some extra carries and, and it'll be Aaron Jones early on. But if he can come in um, and be the thunder to Aaron Jones's lightning. I know that's kind of the oldest, oldest nickname cliche in the book, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, I think that would be some, some exciting, um, developments to be able to see, uh, the Packers just pound the football, uh, and wear down this Tennessee defensive line over the course of the game. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think this is a game where Rodgers is going to have the ability to spread the ball around. Uh, I think uh, Tunyon matches up. Uh, Bob Tunyon uh, got, you know, I, we haven't talked much about the Pro Bowl, but, I, I mean, I thought that based purely on numbers and impact this year, which I assume generally would be how you get into the Pro Bowl. Robert Tunyon should be a Pro Bowl tight end. Um, he is not. It's a little frustrating, I think, for him. But I think it's a motivator as well that it shows that, you know, you got to get your name recognition out there. And uh, as, as you mentioned offline, you know, fans didn't know 
really who he was outside of Green Bay before this season. So, you know, that, that probably impacted it. I think this is a good chance for him to show on a national stage um, why he should have been a Pro Bowl tight end. And I, I love his matchups against these, these Titans tight ends. I think they're going to have a heck of a time trying to keep up with him. Uh, and and I, I think that this is a game where we might see uh, some of these um, uh, second tier, um, you know, Devontae being tier one, uh, but some of these other second um, secondary wide receivers having an impact on the game. I expect Alan Lazard to step up and um, make up for that drop at the end of the at the end of the first half last week. I expect MVS to have a catch. <laughs> he didn't have a catch last week. I expect him to be able to um, break free against this uh, banged up secondary from the Titans. I and you know and we can go down the list, but I, I just I want to see this Packers offense um, do what they do best, which is when Rodgers is spreading the ball around. I mean, Devontae Adams will get his share of receptions, but uh, I want these guys to be squeezing the ball in the cold weather at Lambeau. It's going to be important that they do that. Uh, again, it's like everything, yes, it matters, one seed, but everything trends towards getting home field advantage and then taking uh, advantage of that home field advantage, which means playing well in cold weather at Lambeau. We need to show that we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. As far as, as Tunyon is concerned, we all agree. We'd love to see him in the Pro Bowl, but the reality is, is even a month ago, I don't even know, even with our green and gold colored glasses, if we knew for sure that he was a Pro Bowl tight end. Um, so it's just a, you know, it's, a, it's, it's due to the Pro Bowl, um, selections being announced before the season's over. Um, you know, he doesn't have, carry a lot of name recognition mm-hmm. uh, outside of Green Bay. So he can continue to, as you said, um, be motivated by that and build on that. It's similar to, I think, Jair should have been selected last year. Um, right. But uh, it, it, is, it is a progression there, and, and that just tends to be the way things go. Um, Aaron Jones is similar boat. Uh, I thought he should have been picked last year, and um He's having a solid season this year, but I was a little bit surprised he got selected this year. Mm-hmm. Congratulations and a well-deserved, uh, no doubt about it, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. But um, anyway, going back to your point on those secondary guys, I sure hope so. Um, that was my call last week, and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> um, as we talked about MBS a couple weeks ago having a great game, and then the next week, unfortunately, he's nowhere to be seen as far as, you know, getting catches, uh, at least. So um, it, it's disappointing. Uh, it shows how important it is for those guys to consist, be consistent. Unfortunately, last week was a week where we didn't have a single one of those secondary guys step up. Um, we've been fortunate that throughout this season, even with some inconsistency, inconsistency we've at least had at least one of those guys step up um, and be that second player from week to week. Um, Devontae does his thing. Last week was a week where Devontae sort of did his thing, um, and none of those other guys, including Bob Tunyon, really stepped up uh, and uh, filled that secondary role. So um, it is definitely going to be incumbent uh, both this week and moving forward that we do find a little bit more consistency. Uh, they may not get a lot of opportunities, uh, with the ball coming their way. But if you get one or two passes thrown to you, you've got to make them count. And I think that's what the coaching staff and what these guys need to realize is Aaron will find the, find you if you get open. You've got to be ready uh, when you get that opportunity. Yeah, no doubt about it, Wags. Um, anything else from this Packers offense? I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the offensive line. We just – 
we need better play this week. That was very um, unlike this offensive line from, from the previous weeks. I thought that Lucas Patrick had a particularly rough game in the passing game. Uh, his run blocking looked pretty darn good, I thought, overall, but his, his uh, pass pro was uh, a bit of a challenge. I did think that uh, uh, Big Billy Turner had a really nice game at that right guard spot. I, I know they want him to play right tackle, uh, but Wag, I gotta think. I just think he's a better right guard. He's a good fit uh, in that role for this this Packers team. Um, but um, you know, that, that's neither here nor there, I guess, right now. But I really, really like uh, what Billy Turner's been able to do the last couple of weeks. And uh, Elton Jenkins, uh, another guy who went to the Pro Bowl along with Bakhtiari. Um, I mean. Those two guys are absolute studs on the offensive line. Um, Bakhtiari had a couple missed assignments from what I could tell. I didn't see as much from Elton Jenkins. I thought he played pretty well overall. But I think just as a unit, uh, we're going to need to take advantage of this awful pass rush from the Titans and, and give Aaron time to uh, take care of business. And if we do that, I do feel comfortable, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, with where we're going to be at. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the other things we saw a little bit last week is some of those situations – Aaron did have time to throw, and it didn't seem like he was finding guys open. Right. Um, so that's that was a, not a good feeling because that seemed to be what we were suffering all season, a few seasons ago. Um, so that didn't make me, you know, feel all that good about what was going on. So it wasn't all just the guys up front. Some of those were situations where Aaron, I wouldn't say he was holding on to the ball too long. Things, no. things collapsed around him pretty quickly, but those initial reads, um, he wasn't getting guys open. So I, I think they're going to have to really look at that. Um, I was going to segue off and build off that comment by saying Titan secondary as a whole has been pretty opportunistic. Uh, they do have 13 interceptions as a group, which is in the upper half of the league. Um, you know, so Malcolm Butler is a guy that uh, I think he's been around the league a while and, and most Packer fans would be familiar with. Um, and uh, so he, he leads the unit with three interceptions. So nothing exceptional, but he's a solid cornerback um, in this league. Uh, so uh, certainly this is a team that uh, has been uh, a pretty decent job of, of taking advantage of, of those opportunities when uh, the ball has been thrown their way. So um, that is something else to look out for. Aaron certainly doesn't throw very many interceptions, um, but in the games he has, um, it, it seems to have made a pretty significant impact. So uh, this is a week where, just like any week, uh, we can't uh, be turning the ball over. Uh, but as good as this Titans offense is, we do not want to give them extra opportunities or take away scoring opportunities from our own offense by turning the football over. Yeah, you're, you're right, um, Wags. You're right. Uh, so, I mean, we got to take care of business this week. Um, is there anything else offensively uh, that, that you, you look at? I mean, I think that um, this this is one on paper where it could be a track meet, right? I mean, it, that's what it, it's shaping up to potentially be, two very powerful offenses, two defenses that have had uneven performances throughout the season. Yeah, um, or, you know, it could be a, a speed skating uh, battle. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. That <laughs> <laughs> so, um, absolutely. Uh, special teams-wise, anything you want to note or call out or anything we should be looking for this week? Well, I mean, nothing other than Mason freaking Crosby being Mason freaking Crosby again. I mean, he, the guy is just uh, one of the great Packers. And I, I know, I mean, just – 
he's had so many big moments for this team over the years. He's battled adversity uh, on the field, off the field. He, but you know, he just he he's old, reliable uh, to a large degree. Uh, he's not perfect. But he's 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 a big game kicker, and uh, just I love Mason Crosby. I love what he brings. He's uh, he's one of the guys on this team, and uh, uh, so I mean I just you know Mason freaking Crosby. And then uh, I, I've been happy with uh, what Tavon Austin's been able to uh, field the ball cleanly. And, and I know that that sounds like a little thing, but uh, we've talked a bit about you know a guy coming in wanting to prove his worth. Uh, you know, high draft pick back in the day, kind of, uh, you know, maybe on his last team here, uh, wanting to put on some tape, but Wags, for what it's worth, he's looked really clean and I feel very comfortable with him back there, uh, returning kicks and punts. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's a small thing at all. That was a yeah. big concern for me. And at least so far, I'm pleased that he's letting it come to him and yeah. he's, he's, he's playing the position the way that you're supposed to. If if the ball is, is is in the air for a little bit longer than your count, you just call a fair catch. He's going up and catching the ball, not letting it bounce and yeah. potential deflections, um, not forcing the issue. Um, he's attempted a couple of returns, and you know, nothing major has happened in in those uh, attempts at return. But um, they looked like they were the right times to try to attempt to return. Uh, so. Um, I, that's, you know, uh, he'll have his opportunity. I'm confident in that. So if he keeps doing what he's doing, um, perhaps this is a week where he's able to break loose and, and get a little bit of a longer return, uh, and make that impact, uh, but not by forcing the issue, but just letting it come to him. So I, I've been very pleased with that so far. So hopefully, knock on wood, we can continue to see that. Um, coverage, uh, a little shaky. They got lucky last week. They almost, Gave up. He blocked on. Give J.K. Scott a ton of credit. Um, I think he, you know, saw that pressure coming and thankfully was able to speed up his sequence just a tad and get that off because, um, you know, it, it was dang close as it was. That would have been uh, a pretty uh, impactful moment in that game if that would have been blocked. So. Yeah. Still some things that they need to clean up, and it makes me a little bit nervous when it's both the protection and the coverage that's been a little bit shaky for their special teams. Uh, but uh, hopefully this is the week where we can just get a solid uh, performance all the way around as far as the protection and coverage is concerned. Um, Dane, I think it's time then uh, to move into X factors. So All right. I- I am going to just jump in and steal numero uno. I I sort of gave you a preview. I've been doing that the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon as an offensive X factor. I just feel like circumstances, uh, he was able to get a little bit of work, a couple of reps last week. Um, Jamal Williams very well, hopefully is able to go, but uh, may not have as much many uh, snaps this week or, or be as figured uh, into the offensive game plan as, as much as he normally would be uh, given his status. So um, I look for A.J. Dillon to get on the field a little bit more and hopefully in a situation where the Packers, um, as I said earlier, are really imposing their will in the run game and he's going to pound that football. Um, A.J. Dillon, uh, I like to see him get out there uh, and get 
you know, at least five or six carries, if not a few more than that. Um, I would be really excited to see him pound the football and get him, get him a series or two, um, and, uh, have him impose his will a little bit on this Tennessee defense. So I'm going to go with AJ as my offensive X factor this week. I'm pretty mad at you right now. Um, that was my that was my choice too. Um, but I'm going to go with somebody else. But I agree with you. I think AJ Dillon's a great choice. Wags. Uh, does this not just feel like a week that is logical? Like two big backs, as you said earlier. I mean, you you said everything I was thinking. I mean, he's going to run the ball. I I actually think this is the week AJ Dillon falls in the end zone for the first time. He gets his first NFL touchdown. I love that choice. I love it so much. I would have done it myself. Um, uh, on my end, offensively, then I think I'm going to go with um with Robert Tunyon. Uh, I mentioned Tunyon. I love his matchups this week. He's not a Pro Bowler, so I think I can still ethically say that he's an X factor. Um, and I think that uh he's going to have a nice game. Uh, he's going to be security blanket. We're going to need to uh, move the chains on some third downs. Uh, Wags. This Titans defense has had a heck of a time getting off the field on third downs. Tunyon's going to make it even harder for them this week. Aaron Rodgers is going to find him there, and I think Bob's going to get a touchdown as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to boost Aaron Rodgers' touchdown passes, but Robert Tunyon's going to uh, find the soft spots in the field, and he's going to have a nice day on Sunday. Outstanding. I love that pick as well. And um, I, I will admit that even though, um, you know, I didn't know you were going to pick A.J. Dillon, uh, <laughs> I might have selfishly been jumping in there <laughs> because he was the guy I had circled. So I just wanted to get him locked down. So I apologize, Dave, for stealing the guy because I know how highly you think of A.J. So, um, I, 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 can, I can tell how bad you feel. <laughs> well, I feel so bad that I'll let you go first on the defense. Okay, well, I, I kind of previewed it earlier on this as well. A guy who's getting more reps, uh, inside linebacker Chris Barnes. Um, we're playing the best running back in the league, and uh, to play the best running back in the league, you need to be active in the middle of the field. Chris Barnes has proven that you know he can make some plays. Uh, I really like what he does. He's just solid out there. Uh, he's going to be a good communicator on the field with his defense. I expect more of that, um, and he's going to be wrapping up. I expect a huge week from Chris Barnes. I think he's going to have double-digit tackles. He's going to be super active, and we're going to just be going, whoa, Chris Barnes was around the ball again? Uh, that's this week for Chris Barnes. So Chris Barnes my uh, X factor on defense this week. I love it. Uh, you didn't even steal my guy, although I totally oh, agree with the pick. Um, <laughs> I thought I might. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, it, this is a week where I'm going to go with the big guy up front. And traditionally, you know, you look at Kenny Clark. Uh, he's not a guy that necessarily has to make impact or splash plays um, to be making an impact on the game. Um, so in a way, you might say, well, he's he's someone that's, that's one of your top players. How is he an X factor? Um, I think this is a week where he has an impact play or two outside of what his normal responsibilities are. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to go with Kenny Clark as yeah. my defensive X factor. I think if he can get into the backfield and disrupt um, a, a few plays, uh, both in a uh, running or a passing situation, um, I think Kenny might get in there for a couple of uh, pressures uh, or even a sack this week. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Kenny, uh, you know, really just uh, uh, be someone that could be disruptive uh, at times as the Tennessee Titans try to run the ball. Um, listen, 
the Titans are going to get theirs, uh, but it all comes down to uh, finding opportunities to force them into negative uh, yardage. And if they're able to find and capitalize some of those opportunities and force them into some longer down and distance situations, they may only need to make the, the uh, Titans punt uh, two or three times. Um, you know, if they can get a turnover or two that's icing on the cake. <laughs> I don't mean to, you know, sound pessimistic, but the reality is, is that's going to be what this defense needs to do. And I think Kenny Clark could be a significant part of that this week. Um, I like uh, the young guys uh, inside linebacker shooting gaps behind him. Uh, but I think if Kenny is able to be a disruptive force on national TV and show why he is the um, highest paid uh, defensive tackle in the league right now, uh, that uh, that would be a, a great time to do it. And Kenny's had a solid season, but I think this week is a week where he can truly uh, impose his will and make his presence felt. Terrific choice. It all starts up front, right, Wags? It, 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 it always matters, and terrific choice there. Um, prediction time. Uh, do you want to go first this week, I, I, or do you want me to go first? Dana, I think I'm just going to go ahead and set the stage and give you my prediction. Offline before we started, you said how excited you were to talk about this matchup. Just like every week, let's be honest. But um, I can just tell uh, that you've got something up your sleeve this week. So I want that passion and excitement to be the last thing that our listeners are left with. So I'm going to let you go second. I'll do the best I can to set the stage and set you up here, Dane. Uh, so here's what we got. It's Sunday night football in December, Lambeau Field, temperatures in the mid-20s. We might have some flurries, light snow, maybe an inch or two of snow, um, nothing that's going to impact the game too heavily, uh, you know, a light breeze. Um, I think two really, really good offensive teams, uh, two teams that are playing great football. Uh, and I think you said it earlier, potential Super Bowl matchup on Nationals TV. These guys on both sides are going to be ready to go. I think this is going to be a back and forth affair. I think it's going to be an extremely exciting football game. Uh, teams are going to make plays on both sides of the football. Uh, the Titans uh, may be uh, in front at times in the second half, but I think it's going to be very close uh, throughout. Um, I don't think either team is going to come uh, and get a significant advantage. Um, the Packers are, are going to uh, get ahead uh, in mid to late fourth quarter, under five, just under five minutes left, uh, with a Mason Crosby field goal. Uh, that's going to give them a four-point advantage. Titans will have the ball with an opportunity to go down and score a game-winning touchdown. But this Packers defense, much maligned, they're going to give up a bunch of points, but they're going to make the big stop when it matters most. Um, you know, I expect my defensive X factor, Kenny Clark, to cut, stick his nose in there and make a big sack uh, as the Titans are approaching midfield, force them into a longer third-down situation, and then the Packers – do just enough to stop them on third and fourth down, get them off the field, and it's going to be Aaron Rodgers in the victory formation. Packers hang on 38-34. to 34. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Wag, that's fantastic. And this is the, this is the time of the podcast where got to be very clear. Wags and I do not talk 
about our predictions ahead of time. Um, it's going to be an absolute battle. Wags, you're right. It's going to be back and forth. This is the week that this is the closest I've ever been to saying, you know what, the Packers might not win this game. As you know, we've always picked the Packers. And I was really close, but not today. The Packers are going to clamp down when needed. Um, it, it's going to be a, a true back-and-forth matchup, though. Um, and, you know, I actually have it. Packers are going to have the ball with about a minute left. It's going to be a tie ball game. We're going to get a little bit of Aaron Rodgers' Christmas magic at Lambeau Field. He's going to fling it around a little bit. He's going to find the guys that we need. And guess who? Our guy, Mason Crosby, is going to line it up from about 50 yards out, and he's going to drill it, Wags. And the Packers are going to win by three points, and Wags get the score, 38-35. I love it. I think I prefer your version because in that situation, the Titans aren't put in a situation to be quite down to win the game. So I might have a little more hair and a little less gray hair uh, in your version. But, uh, Dane, uh, you know we would take either way. Uh, yeah. Happens. And, uh, boy, if the Packers are able to come up with a big, exciting win in Sunday Night Football, and we know also what that could mean, uh, depending on what some of the other results are uh, over the rest of this weekend. So um, I love it. I love it, Dane. I knew you had one up your sleeve, predicting a game-winning as Time is expiring. Mason Crosby field goal. You can't top that one, folks. That would truly be a Christmas miracle. Wait, how are we one point off from each other? That's crazy. <laughs> um, it's very scary, actually. <laughs> and, you know, you, you keep saying, folks, we don't talk about this beforehand. Um, think about it. If we did talk about it beforehand, don't you think we would probably adjust our <laughs> a little bit? Um, the fact that we've been this close, um, although uh, we haven't necessarily been that close in actuality, just like <laughs> uh, we are right about one thing, uh, the Packers seem to be winning most of these games. So we, we are, I appreciate, Dane, that you didn't uh, give in to any, you know, inner feeling and, and decide to predict the Packers' loss. That's just not how I wanted to end this one. No. So I'm very happy that uh, you had the confidence in our guys to, to predict uh, yet another victory on this podcast. So, so, folks, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening to us um, as we get into a holiday weekend. Um, enjoy uh, the uh, time uh, with your families uh, in however form or fashion you're able to do so. Stay safe, stay warm, um, and um, as always, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! <laughs>